0: Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, August the 8th, 2018, 4 p.m. Your second daily dose of happy for the day. And I am happy because on Wednesdays I get two daily doses of Cindy Chavez on one day. And so this is like my second (laughs) daily dose of Cindy Chavez. Love it. Absolutely love it. How are you doing, Cindy?
1: I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. It it always feels a little funny at first, like Wednesday afternoon. Everything's right. different. Usually it's early, early in the morning for me. And right. so my office like has to have the lights turned on because it's not quite <laughs> light outside. And now it's like, oh, but I love it. It's great.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it takes a little getting used to just because of the time shift. But uh, I mean, I, I'm just thrilled that you're doing the, the three podcasts. Do you know you actually have more podcasts than anyone else now in terms of my co-hosts? <laughs>
1: Huh I don't know well, if you're aware about of that? that, yeah, I was just talking about this today about um and it kind of will probably work its way into what we've been studying in the book that we're reading, but thinking about the thing that I started asking for at the end of last year, I asked for um i wanted I wanted to do a podcast. But I didn't want to do all of the setup for a podcast.
2: Right, right. Yeah.
1: And like three days later, I got an email from you. <laughs> who I, I've never met you. I mean, it was completely out of the blue. Right. Um, and then I also made an intention that I wanted to be writing more and focus on my writing and hone my writing skills and really have an outlet to, to say some things. And then like two weeks later, I got an email to be a contributor to a new um platform for writers for news wow. and i said yes and i've been writing there for almost i don't know 6 months or 8 months or and then i had another opportunity to contribute to a book in another area of my life that's an interest to me and i said yes and i got the email that my contribution made the cut
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so it's like all of these times I recognize that I didn't push the river, you know?
0: Push the because river Because
1: I've, I've done well, there's a there's a, a there's a Buddhist saying, Don't push the river, right? And it's just Abraham's nothing you want is ever upstream.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. That's a good phrase. I like it. Don't push and the river. So
1: I realized that and I've done plenty of that in my life, right? Like chase oh, sure. after something I want, work really hard to try to make an opportunity and I recognized today we were talking about it, a friend of mine, and that three different times in the last twelve months, I made an intention for something, and it just showed up. And I have to say, that's much easier and much more enjoyable than, you know, chasing things, pushing things, um, and making a lot of taking a lot of action that's not necessarily inspired. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because I've been you know, dealing with stuff like that. I was telling you before the podcast, I've been dealing with stuff like that. Um, I mean, this morning we were talking about the importance of pursuing what you love instead of just doing a job for money. And right. one, one of my biggest um, intentions when I first lashed onto the law of attraction back in 2007 and and tried to learn how to apply it in my life. I really wanted to get away from doing work because I had to earn the money to do it and get into doing work that I enjoy, that I love. So you can imagine my frustration when I spent all today after the podcast working on accounting, which is one of my least favorite things in the world to do. <laughs> and trying to find ways to say, okay, there's gotta be something good in here. I know there is. I gotta find it. <laughs>
1: Right? I mean, we we were talking about that, about about finding the positive aspect.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe the positive aspect is that you're not having to employ someone else to do it, or... (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think of my own... That's a good try, I have to
0: say. It didn't work, but it was good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, something we haven't talked about, but what about the positive aspects that are attached to a thing? Like, to be able to to do accounting, uh, maybe you have to be able to write or use your hands, use your eyes, use a computer. Like, you have to have access to a computer or paper, pencil. Like, you know, the things that are connected to something that are positive, mm-hmm. that we feel gratitude for otherwise, right? And so, sure. like, until we have to do that thing. Like, I am I really have beautiful floors in my house, and I really hate mopping. Um but one of the positive aspects, I guess, is, you know, but look at these floors. I get to take care of them. I get to enjoy them. So sometimes it's a stretch, but I think we have to start somewhere.
0: <laughs> well, you do. And sometimes, it, I mean, sometimes you just start with something that's not directly related. Like that that's what I'm really doing here by doing the podcast this afternoon. Well, plus I love doing the podcast, but... This afternoon, as I'm going into the podcast, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get myself feeling good because I I have so much fun doing podcasts. And then once I get myself feeling good, then I'm going to take another look and see if I can, from that new perspective, find uh, positive aspects that I wasn't seeing before.
1: Oh, I like that a lot because you will be much more aligned. Yes. And so it's probably, it has to be easier to see positive aspects when we're aligned with a better emotion
0: and it is i mean we know that from experience right Right. the the funny thing is when you're not in alignment you can't necessarily remember what it was that you discovered when you got into alignment but you remember that the event happened (laughs) and that's enough you know like okay i know there's a goal there to get to (laughs) yeah i
1: know there's something there well i mean i think that's really true it's like we know that when we're as when we're way down like not where you were before the podcast i mean when we're We're, way way way
0: down right um
1: when we're when we're in that place it really is almost impossible to to see our way out. Oh, yeah. And and everything that's wrong about the situation seems so big and overwhelming that the right things are so hard to see. And that's why it's always beneficial to connect with somebody who maybe is in a different place and can can help us see. And that's what the podcast is all about.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I get the advantage of talking not just to you, but to uh, five other life coaches and, and soon another co host with Anne Marie joining Sundays uh, starting. Let's see what date that is that going to be. Whatever that is, not this coming Sunday, the following Sunday. <laughs> and when you have all those different perspectives to talk to, it doesn't matter what, what you're dealing with. I mean, you're going to feel good by the time you're done. And that's really what you're after anyway, right?
1: Right. And so, I mean, for people listening, that's, that's like the, our mission statement, right? The, it really to, is to give you a dose of happy to like lift your vibe and help you feel better. I mean, that's you know every everything we think we want, <laughs> we we think we want it because we think it'll make us feel better, mm-hmm. and, and that tells us that our inner being is always reaching, trying to reach for that better feeling place. That's
0: true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We and often so forget we that take those conscious steps to do things that bring us to a better feeling place and the podcast that's our intention with it and it works for us too i always Mm -hmm. feel better
0: oh yeah it doesn't matter what the situation is doesn't matter what's going on in my life doing a podcast raises me way way up the scale way way up the emotional set point scale that uh, abraham laid laid out many years ago in where was it asking is given i think i think that's where they put it yeah that's, that's the book you know, they played in first. I don't
1: remember. I, I know for a long time I had found it online and printed it out and I had it like somewhere close to my desk where I could, you know, really pay attention to it. Because mm-hmm. like we talked about this morning, joy is the goal, but oh, it's, yeah. it's the ultimate goal because that's at the top of the emotional scale. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're way far down or we're at that lower area of the emotional scale, that's a real far jump to make. And if we try to make it, we might, we might feel like we're failing at that. Like, Oh, I just, I can't, I just can't get there. But the, the real, you know, method that we use to get to that top place is to like climb a ladder or climb a staircase, climb up the emotional scale. So mm-hmm. it's just reaching for that, those things that feel a little bit better, a little bit
0: better. Yeah. yeah, That's the goal. And
1: and the other reminder, I keep trying to really get into my bones here is that the little bit better feeling doesn't necessarily have to be about that thing that's getting us down.
0: Right. Yes, exactly. In fact, often it can't, often it's better not to have it that, especially if it's something that has a really negative charge to it. You need to get away from that for a bit.
1: That's why we like encourage people to go watch a funny movie.
2: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, just take a break and listen to some jokes, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, put yourself in some kind of space where you're going to laugh a little bit because you will raise your vibe. And the other thing I think is really important that we don't always talk about, but is is getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Like if it's nighttime, like I know people listen to the podcast too at all different times of day and on different time zones and things. And sometimes when the day is almost over and it's not been the best day and we've not had the best time. You know, that's that's a time that might really feel like a struggle to get our emotional set point up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. we're tired. And, you mm-hmm. know, what was that thing? Um, Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. Right. Halt. <laughs> it's like, don't make decisions when when you're you should just stop and right. take a nap, go to sleep, because everything there's that saying about everything, you know, will seem better in the morning. And that's for me, that's really true. Um,
0: I think it depends what part of the morning you're talking about because if i wake up <laughs> if I wake up at like four a m and I'm not really ready to wake up yet, that's often when I have my worst stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about four a m <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's in the morning it's just really early morning that's <laughs> all <technically.
1: laughs> but I remember even when my when my youngest son was young um he had some bouts of really before we figured out what it was it happened to be um artificial colors but when he would eat foods with artificial colors he would go into a real emotional slump oh wow and i recognized at some point that sometimes at night it's like a baby that's cranky right it's like oh and everybody just says oh he's so cranky it's past his bedtime Mm -hmm. and when he was a young kid sometimes at night he would be you know kind of miserable and I would realize, I would have to tell myself, don't make this bigger than it is. He just needs sleep. And the next morning, he'd be fine. And I recognize that of myself. If I'm going through something emotional, oh, if I'm tired, it's so much worse. Everything oh, yeah. seems
0: worse. Absolutely. It so only-
1: sleep is important.
0: Sleep is important. Although <laughs> I still don't understand. Why is it that Abraham thinks that we only need an hour or two of sleep a night?
1: Yeah, well, I'm not you know, you you I really hit the nail on the head one day when you said, "Why do we keep asking a non-physical being?" <laughs> <vegan?">
2: That's true. <laughs>
1: I want to go, "Abraham, you don't know that."
0: <laughs> or or if you did know it in a previous life, after you died, you forgot it because you forgot you the forgot stuff you didn't want to remember, right?
2: <laughs>
1: right. You forgot about that. It's not it's not 40 minutes of sleep we need. It's um, hours so and then the other thing you can do if you're needing support is and you want to feel better and connect you can call us
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's a good idea because that that only not only picks you up it picks us up we everybody benefits from that that's a good idea Let's yes. give out the the phone number because we, we're trying to get into that habit, right? So, yeah. you, well, the easy way is just to go to the website, net. All the the info is right there. But for those who are perhaps a little bit browser challenged, here's the number. You can write down the number and give us a call if you're in the United States. Um The number in the U.S. is area code 646-876-9923. And then the access code to get into our Zoom room, so to speak, is 860-264-5432, followed by the pound sign. So once again, phone number 646-876-9923, access code 860-264-5432, pound sign. And of course, it's much easier if you just read it right off the the homepage of the website at that.
1: That is the secret handshake
0: that is yes yeah and we love to have people call in you know so you know most of our listeners we know this is a podcast podcast means you listen to it after it's recorded so that's when most of our listeners listen they listen after it's recorded but more and more people are starting to listen live and and we'd love to have you call in when we're we're doing the live broadcast by the way the schedule is right on the homepage too so if you want to know when we're doing the live um, podcast broadcasts um, just check that schedule and that tells you
1: Right. And then one more thing before we dive into the book, since we're talking about the website LOAToday.net, two more things. First one, if you haven't already, please subscribe while yep. you're there. Very and simple. The, the second one, Walt, you were talking this morning about wanting to ask people if they're listening to the podcast to throw out um, a post on some social media that they frequent. Yeah. Uh, and just mention LOAToday.net. Like you don't have to, you know, you're not have to say any comment about how you feel about it unless you want to. (laughs) We'd love
2: that,
0: but you know.
1: But just a shout out, like I'm listening to LOAToday.net. We wanna it's an experiment that we're working on here to see. Because we see how that plays out.
0: We all know that social media is is where it's at in terms of outreach and people finding out about stuff and so forth. And certainly that has played true with, say, our Facebook page. The, the Facebook page for the podcast has done very well. We have thousands of listeners who have, who have liked the page and so forth. Uh, but it would be really fun to see what happens when you get the same kind of effect going with the website. And that's something I can fairly easily track because I can see, you know, how many visitors are coming to uh, the homepage of the website. So that's why I want to, I want to do this test for a week and just see what happens when people put out there that they're that they're listening just by saying I'm listening to EllawayToday.net. See how many people pick up on it. I, I think it's a cool experiment.
1: I like it too, and it's uh, tapping into that curiosity we were talking about this morning.
0: And as you reminded me, we also have to treat this like an LOA moment because what we're trying to do also is attract listeners, right? So this is all about how it's going to feel when all those people see these posts that are put out there and start checking out the website, checking out the podcast, and even becoming subscribers. I mean, that's definitely going to feel really good.
1: Yeah, well, we know how that feels. So all we have to do is tap into the feeling since it's oh, familiar yeah. to us. Because Very. we've had people reach out and tell us that they're enjoying the podcast. So Oh, yes.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely worth oh. it's worth the go. That's for sure. So <laughs> so for those of you who are willing to take the time to do it, and it, it doesn't take that long anyway. Thank you. Thank you in advance for, you know, putting a little post or the, the tweet or whatever saying, uh, hey, I'm listening to net. We appreciate yes. it.
1: Thank you, we do appreciate you, and we continually hold you in a space of huge success
0: and we uh, also love giving you your daily dose of happy i mean i I was talking about that yesterday who was I, ta- I was talking with Wendy after yesterday's podcast, and you know we, we were kind of digging deep into some stuff, and it really came out. I love the idea of so many people listening and enjoying and picking up their daily dose of happy from our podcast and i'd absolutely love the idea of doing it with all of you guys i mean i can't imagine doing it without you guys it's so much more fun that way so Uh,
1: well we've got a great team we
0: do we do really good very very highly skilled people wonderful personalities just really really interesting to listen to i feel very privileged to be working with all of you i really do
1: oh well thank you so much i i've counted a privilege to be invited for sure, yeah, definitely, it's been great. Right spot in my day. I told you that one time. Like I, I used to be an early riser, mm-hmm. and then, and then I started sleeping later, and then I started getting up earlier on the two days that I do the podcast. Right, and the day that I woke up, and the first thought in my head was, "Oh, good! I'm so happy that it's you know time to wake up and do the podcast." <laughs> I was like, yay, that's that's what I want to feel about anything that I have to do, right?
0: Well, you talked about um, how normally you feel better in the morning. There's a great way to feel good in the morning because, like I said, even if I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm not quite feeling it, by the time I actually do get up somewhere around 6 or 7 a.m. getting ready for the podcast, as the podcast gets closer, I start to feel better and better. So my morning yeah. does get off to a good start by doing that. I agree completely.
1: Well, so here's what's interesting. this happens to us all the time. But we are making our way through the book, Money and the Law of Attraction, Learning to Attract Wealth, Health and Happiness by Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham. And we're we're getting closer to the end of the book now. We've been taking our time with it, discussing everything that we read. And so often we'll be having a conversation and then we get to the section of the book and it's, It's what we've been speaking about. Right?
0: Yep, there it is. I can see it too as we're looking at the subtopic.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really wild.
1: Yeah. So the subtopic is what if my pleasure attracts money?
0: Of course, we're talking about doing a podcast that we love doing.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: So let's see. Jerry says, for example, and this, this is actually a continuation of what they've been talking about for the previous few topics. Um, the last one was the one where we learned about all these things that Jerry did in his earlier life was entitled, do I want to, or do I have to, which was a very important, um, and and very good topic that we addressed this morning in this morning's podcast. But this is a continuation of that conversation with Abraham. He says, for example, Esther and I had no intention of receiving income from our work with you, Abraham. We were really enjoying learning from you and we were thrilled by the positive results we were personally receiving as we applied what we were learning. But it was never our intention for our work with you to become a business. It was an enlightening experience of just plain fun, and it still is fun. But now it has expanded dramatically into a worldwide enterprise.
1: Abraham says, so are you saying that as your life experience expanded, your ideas and desires expanded also? And even though in the beginning, You were not able to see or describe the details of how things would unfold because it was fun and because you felt good. This became a powerful avenue to fulfill desires and goals that had been in place long before you met us or began this work.
0: (laughs) Boy, does that have echoes for us here on the podcast. Jerry (laughs) says, yes, my original intention in visiting with you was to learn a more effective way to help others become more financially successful. And also, I wanted to learn how to live our lives more in harmony with the natural laws of the universe. It's an so that's an really interesting section, too. that's interesting
1: that they, they were just doing this work because it was pleasurable yeah. with no intention. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does sound like... <laughs> sounds familiar?
0: Well, it, it, it makes it f- just kind of give me another reason to say, wow, not only do I enjoy doing the podcast, but this is going to lead to something. Cool. I like that. I don't even know what right. it is, but... Okay. Hey, I'm open to it. Let's go. Bring it on.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm curious. The next subtitle says, I want my work to feel free.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what they mean by that. Me either. Well, let's find out. Jerry says, so most of what you might call my careers through the years almost never began as a means to earn money. They've mostly been things that I just enjoyed doing, which ended up earning money.
1: And Abraham says, well, that truly is the secret to the success that you have enjoyed for so many years because you determined early on that feeling good was what mattered most to you. You managed to find a variety of interesting ways to maintain that intention, not realizing at the time that the secret to all success is keeping yourself happy. And that's kind of interesting because <laughs> where he says, um, you managed to find a variety of interesting ways.
0: No kidding. Very I interesting. I know. He
1: was in a Cuban circus. What?
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So... I mean, one of these days, somebody ought to do a post <laughs> on all of the different careers Jerry Hicks did while he was alive.
1: You know what? I mean, this isn't, I'm, I'm not wanting to go off on a tangent, but I want to talk about something. I, I can't remember if you and I talked about this, off air, or if it was on the podcast, but I want you to talk about it a little bit because I think it's really important. Okay. and that is we're talking about, you know, Jerry finding a variety of of things, and boy, was it ever a variety of mm. things! And it brought a memory to you of the Sudbury School.
0: Oh yeah, well, it's a big concept in uh, the the Sudbury educational philosophy. For those who don't know it, and that's probably most listeners because it's not very well known. But the Sudbury model of education originated with a small private school in Framingham, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston, called, not surprisingly, the Sudbury Valley School. And this was a school founded in the late 1960s as one of the alternative schools of that era. Lots of uh, alternative schools were created in the 1960s. This was one of the few to survive. And not only did it survive, it also thrived. And what's unusual about it is that it's a school where the kids are in charge of everything. They decide what's going to happen throughout their day. They run the school governance. They actually run a judiciary committee. I mean, they are literally in charge of every aspect of the school, which kind of flies in the face of traditional education. That's not the way this stuff is supposed to work, right? Well, it turns out that this alternative way works pretty good. One of the aspects of this approach, because as you might imagine, school with the kids in charge is quite a different experience from school with the adults in charge one of the great aspects of this school is that when kids are in a suburban environment they spend a lot of time trying things out and Often it's rapid fire you know so for instance day one they're going to tr- they're going to play around with you know, playing cards and then the next day they're going to do monopoly and then the next day they're going to just have a conversation and the next day they're going to use plasticine to build cities and the next day they're going to take violin lessons and then they give up on the violin you know, they're just working through a whole series of things. they don't really know why necessarily, but as you watch you realize they're just trying stuff out. They're trying stuff out until they find something that really, really jazzes them. And then once they find something that jazzes them, they get into it. They get hooked into it in ways that you never see from kids who are in a traditional educational environment. I mean, they just latch onto it. They're learning sores. They'll learn everything that they need to know, not only about the thing, but about everything that supports the thing. And interestingly enough, that's how they end up learning, quote, the basics, unquote. Because that's the big concern that you know parents have, right? Are they going to learn to do math? Are they going to learn to read? Right. Are they going to learn to write? Well, when they find something that they really love, interestingly enough, very often they involve things like math and reading and writing. <laughs> and so that's how they end up learning this stuff. That plus um, when you have a school where all of the kids are in charge of their own day, the other major source of learning is from the other kids. So kids will often teach other kids how to read or how to write or how to do math or how to you know, anything else. And it's fascinating to watch it. But boy, this whole concept of trying things out is, it turns out critically important to the way people would naturally learn if you just let them learn their own way. Because when, when they do that, not only do they find out what they love, which is really, really big as we've been discovering in this book, but they also get there quick. I mean, it's unlike somebody who goes through a traditional education system and then on graduation day, when they're graduating from high school, you ask them what they're going to do and they say, I don't know. <laughs> Not well, with a Sudbury kid.
1: Did you call it this morning did you call it the Sudbury method?
0: I could have, that's possible.
1: I mean just the idea of trying something out and then just try it, let it go. Try it, let it go. There isn't yeah. any attachment to no, you have to keep doing this, you know, over and over. Right. Um and yes, sure, I there I do I do believe that anything worth doing well is worth struggling through the doing it bad part when you're learning. But the the point here is that you'll eventually just find something that you love so much. You want to learn to do it better and you want to learn all the things that support it. And that's what you were talking about this morning. Exactly. That it seems that Jerry did because going through this book, just this one book alone, the things he mentions that he's done in his life, <laughs> there's such a wide variety And that's probably why he did find things he loved. He was willing to just keep trying all sorts of things.
0: Oh, there's no doubt in my mind that's exactly what happened. Because that's what happens with the Sudbury kids. I mean, like I said, traditional school kids, they get to graduation day in high school, and half of them don't even know what they want to do. The other half, they're saying, well, I'll go to college, but I still don't know what I'll do. Whereas Sudbury kids, long before they turn 17 or 18, usually by the time they're like 13 or 14, They've got a pretty good inkling of what they want to do with their lives because they've had the time to play around, something that their peers in the uh, public school system didn't have the opportunity to do. But because they got to play around and try stuff and do things, oh, all of a sudden they've got some really clear ideas. Not all of them, but they have some really, really clear ideas. And by the time they reach 16 or 17, almost all of them have a really, really clear idea of what they want to yeah, do.
1: Yeah, because they've, they've tried such a wide variety of things. Exactly. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. So, the, the by, other, him, by the way,
0: there's one other aspect I want to mention that's really, really key. It used to be in this country and indeed in countries around the world, but especially here in America, it used to be that back in, the, in our parents' day, if you took a job, you usually took a job with the idea of trying to stay with that company for life. And mm-hmm. you would do that job for life. My, my dad did that. My dad worked for General Electric for 44 years. He worked his entire work life at General Electric. Today, that's unheard of. Nobody right. works at the same company forever. <laughs> they rarely work at the same company for 10 years. I mean, it's just not the way sure. things are done anymore. So right. when you go through a Sudbury experience, you're all primed for the idea that this thing that I am choosing to do is not necessarily something I'm committing to do the rest of my life. I'm committing to do it as long as I enjoy doing it. And boy, is that a big difference.
1: That's huge because when we when we come into any situation with the presupposition That, well, this is it. Yeah, (laughs) This is it. And then it starts to become not so enjoyable and we feel like we have to stay there. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's a trap. It is. And, you know, this the top of this statement, the the top of this uh, section that I said, I wasn't sure what it was going to mean. I want my work to feel free. That doesn't feel free.
0: (laughs) No, it doesn't.
1: Right. Abraham says, many of you have been taught that your own happiness is a selfish and inappropriate quest and that your real objectives should revolve around commitment and responsibility and struggle and sacrifice. But we want you to understand that you can be committed and responsible and an uplifter and happy. In fact, unless you do find a way of connecting to your true happiness, all of those other quests are usually just empty. Hollow words not backed up by any true value. You only ever uplift from your position of connection and strength.
0: That's a good point. One that we often forget. It's another way of saying be in alignment. But
1: yeah, exactly. you, you really
0: can't do anything when you're not in alignment. We try to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and usually the results are not so good. So we, we, we're used to trying to do it. In fact, that's when I think that's where most people think of hard work coming in. I, they don't necessarily say it that way, but I suspect that for most people, hard work is where they're working out of alignment.
1: Oh, yeah. I always say I always say that there isn't hard work and easy work. There's just work you enjoy and work you don't. Mm-hmm. And work that you enjoy is, you know, in a place of alignment.
0: It is. In fact, work that I mean, you enjoy isn't even work, it's play.
1: People often say, I don't want to work. Meaning, <laughs> I love this. People often say, I don't want to work, meaning I don't want to go someplace where I have to do unwanted things to earn yes, money.
0: Yes, exactly. exactly.
1: You know, it's so funny when I, I've done several programs where one of the questions that gets asked to ponder is some of your earliest you know, money stories.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have a memory of, I must have been maybe four years old. And there was something on the breakfast table that was for breakfast and I and I, I don't think of myself as being a picky eater, but um and it was something I didn't want. And I was offered, you know, a quarter to eat it.
0: <laughs> you were bribed. Okay.
1: I was bribed. If you if you eat that whatever it was, if you eat that piece of sausage, you know, here's a nickel or a quarter, or whatever. And when I thought about it in there, the context there are kids of the money story, I, 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 I thought somebody was trying to pay me to do something I didn't right. want to do.
2: Well,
0: plus right. there are also kids listening who might be listening today who are saying, a quarter? Are you kidding? I wouldn't celebrate less than five bucks.
1: <laughs> I was four years old. <laughs> and besides that, minimum wage was probably $1.50. Yeah, probably right, really right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so,
1: but when I read that, it's like, People often say, I don't want to work. And what they really mean is I don't want to go somewhere where I have to do something I don't want to do to earn money. Yeah. And when we ask why, they say, because I want to be free. Mm, Yes. Here we go. There's There's the answer. Because I want to be free. But it is not freedom from action that you are seeking. Because action can be fun. And it's not freedom from money that you want. Because money and freedom are synonymous. You are seeking freedom from negativity, from resistance, from the disallowance of who you really are, and from the disallowance of the abundance that is your birthright. You are seeking freedom from lack.
0: Good last sentence.
1: Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) You are seeking
0: freedom from lack. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it.
1: And this this point that they make where they said money and freedom are synonymous. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that in our society where everything is attached to money in some way, pretty much, that money and freedom have become synonymous. Because if you have enough money then you're never limited, your choices aren't limited by money. That's true. So I think that's really interesting that Abraham said, it's not freedom from money that you want because money and freedom are synonymous.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Both ways. Both that people would say, I want to be free from money, and that Abraham would say money and freedom are really the same thing.
1: Very interesting. Because there are, you know, there's there's a pretty big section... Now if people that really want to be free from money
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and have created all of these gift economies and things because they don't want to be in that what they see as the trap of having to have money. And it's just a judgment around money, right? It is. So so it's it's much easier to be free if we have the resources.
0: Well, that's why the last sentence is so important, I think. You are seeking freedom from lack. Yeah. Whenever we're talking about money or I want to be free of money or whatever, what we're really saying is I want to be free from the lack of money, from the lack of abundance, from the lack of of career that I enjoy, from the lack of activities that are fun. I want to be free of the lack and that's really it, right there. I, I I don't want any more lack. I'm done with lack. I I have had enough of lack. I have had more lack in my life than I would ever care to even discuss. Of course, i have willing to talk about it all day long. But nevertheless, I've <laughs> I have more lack than I would ever want to have. Right.
1: Well, see, there we go with with that idea that we learned in the very beginning of this book, and that is that there are every every topic is actually two topics because mm-hmm. it's it's the thing and then it's the lack of the thing. And often when we think. We're pointing our focus at money. We're actually thinking about the lack of it. And the way we know, it's an easy, easy, easy way to know whether you're thinking, whether you're really focusing on abundance and money or whether your focus is on the lack of it is how you feel. It just doesn't feel good to focus on lack. That's why we want freedom from it.
0: What's really interesting, though, is at the same time that it it does not feel good to focus on lack, I mean, we were talking before the show about how um, I was dealing with these uh, accounting issues and dealing with the the way the financial cash flow of the, of the company has gone this year, not quite the way I wanted it to go. A business plan hadn't worked right and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I really don't want to tell that story a whole lot more. And yet, even as we're doing the podcast, even as we're talking about this particular topic right here, even as we're talking about how we're seeking freedom from lack you know what my inclination was, the one that I'm not giving into? My inclination was to keep telling that same story about how the accounting hasn't worked out, and it was frustrating me, and how the, uh, uh, the plan that I had for the year didn't work out, and how all that was frustrating made me too, and I can't believe we weren't. I was ready to keep telling that story. Now, I stopped myself. Well, actually, I didn't because I just explained to you. But, <laughs> but, but in my head, I actually did stop myself saying, no, don't go down that route. But boy, was the pull strong. The pull was really strong that direction. And how did it feel? Terrible. (laughs) It does not feel good at all.
1: (laughs) Well, because sometimes we think, no, no. You know, we talked about this uh, a few podcasts ago where people will say, I don't have any resistance. (laughs) They'll say, no, I want this thing. And no matter what I do, it's not coming to me. Well, You must be resistant. You must have resistance. That's the thing that blocks the flow. No, no, no. I I want this thing to come. And it's like, well, we know (laughs) you're focusing on the lack of it because you don't feel good. I
0: want this thing to come that I don't like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I'm when I'm speaking with someone and I ask them, Well, tell me what it would be like if you did have this thing. Mm. So many times they go, Oh, be great. It would be so wonderful. I would really enjoy it because, you know, the way it is right now with not having this thing is it's really terrible. And I just and I go, no, 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 no. Hold on.
2: (laughs) Crazy. We're not
1: going to talk about how it is now or how bad it feels. I want you to paint me a picture with your words of what it would be like once you do have it. And so. Off we go again in that direction. And once they finally get a little momentum about describing what it would be, oh, the energy just changes so much. Everything feels so much lighter, so much better. So you'll know it when you get there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You'll
1: know yeah there. it,
0: there's not a whole lot of doubt about what the feeling is. The feeling definitely is dramatically different.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's just yeah.
0: overcoming that first bit of inertia. That's the right. tricky part.
1: That's the word. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. So we are seeking freedom from lack.
2: Mm -hmm. We certainly are.
1: are, What are its positive aspects is this question. Abraham says, whenever you feel negative emotion, that is your emotional guidance system giving you an indication that you are in that moment looking at negative aspects of something. And in doing so, you're depriving yourself of something wanted. If you will set an intention to look for positive aspects in whatever you are giving your attention to, you will begin to immediately see the evidence of the lifting of patterns of resistance as the universe is then allowed by your shift in vibration to deliver your long-wanted desires to you. Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, you know that it says you will begin to immediately see the evidence of the lifting of patterns of yeah resistance?
0: well I think the, I think the evidence is what you see in your mind because as as you explore positive aspects what you're really doing is you're saying here are things I like here are things here are things that I feel good about here are things that make me feel confident that feel abundant that feel exciting that that could lead to some really cool stuff you know they they all have that kind of very strong positive pattern to them as compared to the feelings of oh god the word the year hasn't quite worked the way I wanted it to blah 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 right. blah all that negative stuff the 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 difference is is a very very big difference and so when we're in that place where we've been focusing on the positive aspects now all of a sudden we're seeing stuff that that we didn't see before I think that's the biggest thing right there we well just... I
1: think that's it's the word the word that threw me a little bit was the word see because mm-hmm. when I say you will begin to immediately see the evidence. I always think of things I can see. Like
0: a physical see, yeah.
1: In my in my, you know, environment. Right. But I I think we can immediately feel the evidence mm-hmm. of the lifting of patterns of resistance as soon as we as soon as we feel one little bit better that's the evidence right there
0: well it's funny because i'm the one who is auditorily oriented and, and my my uh, ability to visualize is, is fairly weak and here i am talking about how i can see it in my mind like whoa okay <laughs> i go. guess i'm doing better than i thought i was right <laughs>
1: <laughs> people often move from job to job profession to profession employer to employer only to find the next place no better than the last. And the reason for that is they take themselves everywhere they go. Isn't
0: that annoying? I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you go to a new place and you continue to complain about what was wrong with your last position in order to explain why you came to the new position, the same vibrational mix of resistance goes with you and continues to prevent the things you want from coming to you the best way to accomplish an improved work environment is to focus upon the best things about where you currently are until you flood your own vibrational patterns of thought with appreciation. And in that changed vibration, you can then allow the new and improved conditions and circumstances to come into your experience. Some worry that if they follow our encouragement to look for good things about where they are, It will only hold them longer in an unwanted place. But the opposite is really true. In your state of appreciation, you lift all self-imposed limitations, and all limitations are self-imposed. And you free yourself for the receiving of wonderful things.
0: That's a really good paragraph for me. Me too. Some worry that if they follow our encouragement to look for good things about where they are, it will only hold them longer in an unwanted place. Now, when you say it that plainly, it cl- clearly doesn't make any sense. But boy, is that true about the way it feels when you're when I'm not in that really good place? That's exactly what it feels like. If I try to follow the encouragement to look for, for good things, it will only hold them longer in an unwanted place.
1: Well, it, I've I've had more oh. than one conversation with someone where where I've and sometimes it's hard for me to put into words. But we've talked about it before on the podcast that I like to get to the place where I can spend whatever it is, 60 seconds, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, doesn't matter, but I, I'm going to spend a segment of time thinking about that thing I want and, and how it will feel. And the whole intention of the exercise is to enjoy how good it feels. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't that, oh, I'm going to create it, attract it. I'm manifesting it now. Those things do happen. Yes. But the exercise is just, no, I'm doing this for the pure enjoyment of spending this five minutes or 30 seconds or whatever it is, thinking about what it would be like to have that thing, how good it would feel, how wonderful it would be. And that's my whole intention is to enjoy it. And I've had people say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to just enjoy thinking about it. I want the thing. Right. And it's like this argument that says, I'm not going to be happy until I'm holding it in my hand. I refuse to be happy just thinking
0: about it. (laughs) When you say it that way, it sounds so ludicrous. It really does. It does.
1: It's silly. But to me, that's what the argument is. When someone says, no, I want the real thing. I don't want to just imagine it and fantasize about it and enjoy the thought of it and pretend like I can feel it. I don't want that. I want the real thing. And so the further argument, the corollary to that is I won't be happy until I have the real thing. It's like, well, you're never probably going to have the real thing.
0: That's right, because you're never happy enough for it.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Wow.
0: So, oh, but that, so that worry, I, I mean, when, there, when I read that, when you read it the first time and then I reread it, I'm thinking, how often mm-hmm. do I go into that one? I mean, daily, literally, I experienced that one at least once a day, maybe multiple times in a day. I'm thinking maybe i got to like take this sentence and print it out to remind myself just how silly it really is. That Some you,
1: worry that if they follow our encouragement to look for good things about where they are, it will only hold them longer in an unwanted place. But that's not to, the truth.
0: It's not even close to true. It can't be true. It doesn't even make sense. That's the thing. I'm hanging on to this thing that doesn't even make sense, Cindy.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, how, how many of us can raise our hand and say, yeah, we get it. We, we do the same thing. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to turn that around right now and say, you know what? I'm letting go of this thing that doesn't make any sense. I am done with it. I want it out of my life. I don't even want to even name what it is because I don't even want to think about it other than to say, I'm not buying into that craziness anymore. That's just, that's well, just here
1: And here is the best part is the, is the italicized part after that. It says the opposite is really true. In your state of appreciation, you lift all self imposed limitations, and all limitations are self imposed. They are. And you free yourself for the receiving of wonderful things. This is a section that is going to get pink highlighter in my. <laughs>
0: <copy>. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, it should. It deserves it. I mean, I'm thinking right now, I need to just start thinking immediately about the. F- uh, our financial situation with the company and how wonderful it is going to feel when by the end of October, we shut down, uh, we're a seasonal business, so we shut down at the end of October. By the end of October, the financial goal I've set for us to have between now and then, we'll have achieved it and then some. And boy, is that going to feel good on a number of different levels. First, because we did it kind of against the flow of the way the the early part of the year went but we did anyway we managed to turn our minds around and turn our attitudes and our our emotional feelings around and so forth and manifest this this wonderful thing that happened this wonderful uh uh, financial goal being reached but more than that then this is really big that reaching that financial goal enables louise and i to have a relaxed winter which has not been our past but it is going to be for this year and boy does that idea feel good the idea of feeling oh i don't have to sweat the dollars i can just enjoy going through the winter i don't have to do a, you know worry about are the bills going to get paid you know how are we going to finance the spring when we get uh, the business going again how are we gonna i don't have to do all that nope. i feel i can just feel good like oh well all that's covered so what do we do today
1: right what so a different feeling that is looking just looking for the. Good things about where you are.
0: Yeah. And then we were talking earlier about the podcast. (laughs) We were talking about how much we enjoy doing the podcast and how great Mm -hmm. things could could come out of that. Well, I can do the same thing there, can't I? I mean, I can can try to envision what the podcast would look like. Knowing perfectly well that what I envision may not be exactly the way it comes out, because my batting average is pretty poor in that regard, trying to predict what it's all going to look like. But nevertheless, by getting into the feeling place for it, it is going to produce the kind of positive result that i'm looking for i may not know i may not be able to pre-frame exactly what that positive result is going to look like but hey if i get a great positive result that's really what i'm looking for anyway so that's good enough so and
1: usually it's better than what i mm -hmm, mm pre-frame you know it's like a lot of times and the other thing is like focusing on the how i don't have to know how (laughs)
0: let <laughs> well, that's where i get my batting average zero 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 i am so bad at predicting <laughs> how
1: <laughs> well you I know mean,
2: that's
1: that's one of those patterns that when you see it you go okay i recognize something i always do is that i i focus on this and it, well, no, c- it's not so
0: i can give myself some credit though because the more that i've recognized how bad i am at predicting how interestingly enough the less interested i become in predicting how it's gotten to the point now where where how is not something i spend a lot of time on anymore i still spend more than i should but not nearly as much as i used to and it's becoming less and less interesting every day so i see that as a really great trend
1: i think that many times when people uh focus on well when they get attached to an outcome which we all do at times, right? Mm -hmm. We want a certain thing and we want, we want something to work out the way we want it to work out. A lot of times I think that's attached to a how. So it's like, no, I have to have this happen because I need to get here.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. It's like we sometimes forget about the, the, the long game. So it's like, no, we, we, I have to get this job. I have to get it because if I get this job, it'll provide whatever. And it's like, and that's really the thing we want. And we really want that because we think it's going to make us feel better. And we we're putting all of this stuff riding on this one outcome. I mean, we see this with people like, I have to get my ex back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I have to have this. I have to have that. And really, there's just something else we want. What is it? It's freedom from lack. <laughs>
0: Well, well, you, there's a feeling that goes along with it. When, whenever you have that, or I should say for myself, whenever I have that feeling, I got to have it just this way. And I was even noticing it with what I was talking about in terms of the end of our gardening season. I was saying afterward, well, you know, it doesn't actually have to work out that particular way. I'm open to whatever way it works out just as long as we get the, the net result we're looking for. Right. You know, but there's a there's a definite feeling associated with wanting it to come out a certain way. And the best way I can describe that feeling is a sinking pit in the stomach. Mm. You know what I mean? So, so so as I clutch onto that thing that it's got to work out this way, it's like, I can feel that sinking feeling that you feel. and Oh God, I'm not sure if this is going to work out.
1: It's resistance.
0: It is resistance. Yeah.
1: And we all feel it in a different way, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel it like in my solar plexus. Yeah. Just like a, like a, constriction in my in the core of my body and it when we can get used to not well not get used to in a way like yeah i'm used to that
0: (laughs) well that's the problem i'm too used to that (laughs) right
1: if we can get aware of it and sensitive to it then we can recognize you know our body's talking to us our body is saying hey (laughs) let's release this resistance right and then we can do the thing which is Focus on appreciating the positive aspects of where we are right now.
0: It's funny, too, because as I talked about that sinking feeling, like like you described in your solar plexus, as I I described that feeling and recognized that's what I was doing, I also found myself taking a breath and taking another breath. And as I did, the resistance started to go away because now I'm releasing this thing. It's like, I'm done with that. Okay, I don't need to have that. I don't need to clutch onto a goal like that. I'm I'm willing to trust the universe to deliver what I need in the best way that it can with you know the least amount of resistance. I like that idea.
1: Yes. Somebody somebody sent me a message a week or so ago about something that was going on that was really stressful that had just happened. They sent me this message. You know, oh my goodness, this just happened. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I said, breathe. Yes. And they sent me a message back and said, oh my goodness. When your message came that said, breathe, I realized I was holding my breath. Mm -hmm. And that's another way that resistance shows up in the physical. We have a tendency, we've talked about this before, that stress is a result of shallow breathing. Yeah. And so when you think about that stress causes so many issues for us, that a deep breath (laughs) (laughs) is one way to, to turn that around to alleviate that stress in that moment, which also lets go of resistance.
0: It's funny too. So when we're
1: resisting, we stop breathing. We like start holding our breath.
0: Right, yep. And as you were describing that, a a cliche occurred to me. The cliche is usually told somewhat sarcastically in the context of somebody has this big dream and and the person who's responding uh, is kind of doubtful of it. So they'll say, well, don't hold your breath. But I'm thinking what great advice that is. Don't hold your breath. (laughs)
1: I love it. It's like.
0: Just not the way that they had mine when they used it originally. That's all.
1: Right? So, the next time you say, I'm going to blah, 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 and someone says, Oh, don't hold your breath, you can say, Oh, oh thank, thank you. you great advice. advice. Oh, no, <laughs> <breath."> <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> don't hold that's your so breath. <laughs> don't hold your breath. So, yeah, resistance. I mean, it shows up in the body and it's often attached to a how. Always oh, yeah. worrying about the how. And believe me, I mean, the universe, right? The universe doesn't need our how.
0: <laughs> Isn't that strange that we feel like we have to give it one though? Yeah. I mean
1: we get it all planned out.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: This yep. is how the plan's gonna work. And we really don't have to. What I the haven't... universe always surpasses. Like I think about my owl story. You know, I had So many ways that I knew that owl was going to show up. Mm. I really did. I had it all figured out. Right. Even though I say, Well, I didn't know how it was going to show up, I still had a list of ways that I had imagined.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: When I asked the universe, okay, I'll take an owl. Show me an owl. I thought it was going to be on a postage stamp in the mail, or maybe I'd open a magazine and there would be an owl, or somebody would send me a cute picture of an owl, or I'd buy some product and there'd be an owl on the label. But a real live gorgeous owl showed up at my office window in the middle of the city, in the middle of the day, with a wingspan of about four feet. Wow. I mean, I have to just say, I have to remind myself with that story that the universe is going to outdo me. Mm-hmm. The universe is going to say, you know, hold my beer, right? Right.
2: <laughs> it's
1: like the universe goes, I don't need your plan. Like, Be open to a different plan. Maybe your plan will work out. It's okay to make plans, but it's always that idea of this, it's equivalent, or whatever would be better. The universe goes, oh, I got something better. (laughs) (laughs) I got something better for you.
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny. Uh, the, the, The statement you kind of threw in like on the side, it's okay to have a plan. It's making me think about something because back when... I was thinking about bringing you and Tom and Wendy on. That was last November. And in January, a couple months later, when I was thinking about doing the book that we ended up publishing in May, Joel pointed out to me, particularly with the the January incident, that he was really proud of me because what I would have done in the past was try to plan all that out. And I would have tried to go over every aspect of it, make sure I hadn't missed anything, and then put it on paper and graph it and see if, how the finances were going to work. And I mean, I would have done the whole nine yards. And every time I do that, I basically set my, myself up for lack because I'm doing that from a place of resistance. But in this case, with the book, what I did was I just said, screw all that. I'm just going to start doing it without having a plan, which, by the way, was very uncomfortable. But I did it anyway, <laughs> and the net result was the book came out four months later, and it came yeah. out relatively easily.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: move for fast forward about three months to the beginning of April when I had been working on the plan for the gardening business, and I had a full plan with a spreadsheet calculating how the cash flow was going to go, and what we were going to do at what point during the year, and who we were going to to hire, and how much we we're going to pay them, and all. I mean, I had the whole thing worked out, and I'd completely forgotten the lesson. The lesson that I learned in January of just don't spend all your time working on the plan because that's when you get yourself into your position of lack wall. Don't go there. I completely forgotten that lesson and I started doing the plan again. And what happened? The first half of the gardening season was our most successful ever, but financially it's been a disaster. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, know, that, you well, would
0: think well, I would well, learn, right?
1: <laughs> well, but we do. I mean, you know. One of my favorite teachers, she is a a Buddhist nun, Pema Chodron. One of the things she said was that a thing never goes away until we learn what is there to teach us. And I see this in everyone's lives, mine included, that, I mean, I was telling somebody this today. I said, I feel like sometimes it takes me so long to learn (laughs) something. Like Mm -hmm. I have to go through the process over and over until I'm doing the forehead slaps. like, oh... That's the same lesson again. But eventually, you know, we did it. (laughs) And you're, I mean, you know, you're doing it. This whole story is the evidence that you're doing it, that you've learned it.
0: Yeah. And it's also, it's fitting in perfectly with what we talked about earlier about positive aspects. Because positive aspects are about finding what's the good side? What's the silver lining to the story? And as I recognize now how I kind of trapped myself on that same old trap. And now I'm getting into the feeling of letting go of that. All of a sudden the possibilities for how to appreciate what I, I anticipate is coming, what I want to have come. Suddenly that becomes easier to do. I can't yeah. even describe wh- how it is. I can't qualitatively describe to you how it feels easier, except to say it just feels easier.
1: Yeah. It feels easier. Yeah. Just the letting go. Yeah. and And maybe just your way of planning will change probably you know like it it won't be that you'll never make another plan for anything it's just it'll be looser more open
0: yep and and it won't be where i feel like i have to cover every single dot every i and cross every t as the phrase goes
1: yeah that attachment won't be there yeah yay yeah we've covered a lot of ground today
0: we have this has been very valuable (laughs) once again of course we ran out of time but still i'm I'm really glad we did this so thank you and i can't (laughs) wait to talk to you again you know next week
1: Next week, next Tuesday, I'll be here.
0: All right. We hope that you'll join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye, everyone.